Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Well, welcome to another edition of the Better Together podcast. I'm your co-host, Rosario Picardo. And I'm your other co-host, Callie Picardo. And today we have with us author, entrepreneur, pastor, William Vanderblumen, who has written a new book called Be the Unicorn. It is all about how to find like the common traits that are data-driven behind the best leaders that separate them from the rest. He's got his own uh, search firm that he started called Vanderblumen, and he's got over 15 years as a senior pastor. So he helps do executive searches for churches, but also has gotten deep into the data, not just uh, hunches, but what actually works. So we're excited to learn from you today, William. Thank you for joining the Better Together podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really glad to be here. So tell us why, you know, why the book, but how yeah. you came up with the title Unicorn. I think we know what you're doing, yeah. but it's not uh, what our girls would think. I know. We have we have three girls that love unicorns, so they want to read your book. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have two boys. I tell people I have two boys and five weddings. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. So... <laughs> I have five daughters, uh, so we're all about the unicorns. Um, so so why write the book? Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's because you make a lot of money writing books. Oh, wait. Nope. No, my, name's not, <laughs> my name doesn't end in Rowling, so I don't make money writing books. Uh, it's just not a, a, a lucrative endeavor. It's actually kind of a not a great use of time unless you've got something to say. And we were doing a very selfish study in the office about how to get better as a search firm and ran across the findings of a long research project that made us say, oh, this could really help a lot of people. Hmm. And so rather than it being this kind of selfish study, uh, we wanted to get it out there. And the, and the study's goal was to say, I, I don't know, you guys ever had this happen? You You meet someone and within five minutes, you're like, this one's special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. This one's different. Mm-hmm. And I have forever wondered a couple of things. Um, what, like, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm not the most gullible either. So what kind of voodoo magic is going on in that five minutes that makes me, <laughs> I'll sign up for your email list. I'll do your podcast. I'll, you know, all the things. What What's going on? Yeah. And uh, secondly, uh, I've had a few times where I've met some people who, truly were wonderful, amazing people. And I missed it. Hmm. And so uh, during the pandemic, we had been, we're we're 15 years old, a little more than that now. Uh, So during the pandemic, we were whatever that is, 12 years old, 13 years old. And we realized that in all of our searches, um, we, when we get down to the end of a search that we're doing, whether we're helping a church find a pastor or a school, a headmaster or Chick-fil-A, an operator, whatever it is, when we get down to the end, we do a long format face-to-face interview with the handful of candidates that we deem the best. Mm. 
Okay. And we've done a lot of other interviews, but these are the long, you know, we realized during the pandemic, we've done 30,000 of those now. My goodness. Wow. So that's a lot. It's a lot more than I ever thought we'd do. And I thought that's probably enough data points that you could start to study. Mm -hmm. Could we figure out how to spot those five minutes in one minute? Could we figure out what to look for in people to make sure we don't miss somebody who's super talented? And so the question came out like, okay, we've got 30,000 people that are wonderfully talented, uh, that are very hard to replace, very hard to spot. But once you see them, you know exactly what you're looking for. That's a unicorn. Mm-hmm. You know, the mythical beast that is very hard to spot. But once you see, you say, oh, that's it. So is there a way for us to study these 30,000 and be able to spot unicorns faster and better and not miss any. So do do these 30,000 people have anything in common was the question. The answer was uh, both crystal clear and a a pretty big surprise. Hmm. Um, You know, it was clear because the results of the data were just stunning. It's like, Mm -hmm. here are 12 habits these people have in common. I kind of expected it to be like they all have an IQ over 150. That's right. what it is. Right. Or they all um they're all really good looking. Why not? You know, or they all went to an Ivy League school and learned all the super secret tricks of how to win friends and influence people. It was none of that. Hmm. And it it wasn't even they had big jobs. Uh, sometimes it was somebody with a, what you might call a quote, no name job or rank and file. What they had in common were 12 habits. And those habits were fundamentally, how do they treat others? Hmm. And it's not just as simple as love your neighbor as yourself, although it's a pretty big expansion that's data driven around that. It's like uh, very intentional interpersonal habits that these unicorns seem to like be bent toward doing mm-hmm. and most of the rest of us are bent toward putting off. Hmm. Well, so I'm doing this selfish study to figure out how to be a better search firm. And what we've discovered was these are 12 interpersonal habits that anyone could learn. There's hope. <laughs> well, that's right. Cause I mean, there are some, like some unicorns are just bad. I am bent. I'm not a unicorn, but I'm bent toward getting back to people quickly, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I show up for some things a little late. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I am like that. It makes me crazy not to get back to people. Yeah. That's a weird. So I'm a little bit born with that. I didn't have to work on it. Mm-hmm. But once we discovered these were habits that could be learned and not just learned a little bit, not like I want to learn to play basketball. And so I learned how to maybe shoot a eight foot shot. No, like you can master each of these 12 habits, rise above the crowd, never get replaced, always be remembered. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're no longer learning how to spot unicorns. We may have discovered the formula to teach people to become one. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And that's when it was like, yeah, I guess we got to write a book. Mm -hmm. Here we are. William, what were some of the most surprising, the ones that really just caught you up? Well, that well, makes so, I never thought of that. I'll tell you the big surprise was that the list as a whole was not surprising. Hmm. So like if you read through the 12 habits, it's like mm-hmm. probably things you heard growing up or you just intuitively know. The difference is uh, 
this is a, a product of a data driven research project. I, I kid people and say, you know, the publishers hated the idea of unicorn as a title. Mm hmm. And uh, my girls were like, no, you got to do unicorn, dad. <laughs> and I was looking at a pile of stuffed animals and realized the only thing that stood out was the unicorn. Like the, we kicked around, oh gosh, a dozen or so different versions of the title of the book that were like, stand out from the crowd, how yeah, to stand out. Do it. Right. Well, you know what, Roz? It, it actually, if you go on Amazon and enter stand out, like a million books show up. So it's kind of funny. If you want your book to stand out, don't put stand out in the title. That's right. That's right. No, that's right. So we went with Unicorn and, you know, there was some pushback on it. And I kid people when you say what's surprising about the list is that the list was something that you might intuitively say is, I, I say, if we couldn't do Unicorn, maybe the next title is, well, I guess mom was right. Yeah. <laughs> So what did we learn from mom? What should, what should we call yeah. our mom up if she's still living and saying, mom, you know, you were right. I need to get back to people. Mm -hmm. I need to be prepared for meetings. I need to be authentic and not try and put on some fake facade. I, I need to be curious and ask why things are. Mm -hmm. I, I need to have a, a North Star guiding me, a purpose. You know, I, I mean, I could run through each of them and I can hear my mother's voice and probably you can hear your own. Uh, but as I say, the difference is this is not everything I needed to know I learned by kindergarten. Great book, but zero data. It's just like noticing some things. So I'm not smart enough to just notice. But once we had all this research, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I guess mom was right. <laughs> and instead of uh, spotting unicorns, how about we write a resource that can help people become a unicorn? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's uh you did a dissertate you did someone's dissertation for them pretty much. Mm. The work you did. I was just thinking that because um you you found these commonalities and these traits and um some of them are intangible, right? Um, yeah. when you think about it and for me I, as I was reading through, I thought the one the one that I'm missing like I felt like I hit all of them except for one. And now I find myself tackling that. And that was the preparedness because I've relied so much on my maybe charisma or woo in meetings. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't prepare, but when I'm having a tough conversation or I'm trying to resolve conflict or, you know, I, I have it in my head, but I've not put it down on paper. I'm finding myself now just in the last few weeks, things flow better because I'm prepared more with the meetings that I'm having versus sure kind of sure. going in and just relying on natural abilities. hundred percent. And most of us don't prepare. I, you know, one of my best friends in high school, um, well, he's just a great guy, but, and he had the full fledged fraternity experience in college. <laughs> uh, he did, he did not go to an Ivy league school. I won't say the school cause I don't want people to get mad at me mm -hmm. who went there but it's not a difficult school. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, it took him seven years to get through college. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, it's like it's something out of animal house or something. And uh, I remember that last year he really got it together and made all A's and everything. And I'm like, Neil, what happened now? He had like a spiritual awakening and he, mm -hmm. he kind of got his life back on track. That's the bigger story. Mm -hmm. But the line I'll never forget is he looked at me and said, you know, William, 
if you go to all the classes and do all the reading, this really isn't that hard. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> what happens. I, yeah, I can relate to that. And yet we're all that way. We're all that way. It's all that way. And and I think, Roz, we all overestimate how much we have all these 12 habits down. Uh, we, we surveyed the unicorns, like, tell us about these 12 habits, force rank them. It's very interesting. And then we also surveyed 250,000 people, just nor- every day, anybody could answer kind of thing. What we found was the everyday normal person like us, um, vastly overestimated how good they were at all of these habits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like uh, self-awareness is one. <laughs> the unicorns, the unicorns pretty resoundingly said, this is the hardest of the 12. Hmm. And my guess is they're probably better than most of us at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we surveyed the, you know, 250,000 of everybody and what we found was 93% of everyone surveyed said they were above average in self-awareness. Hmm. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm yeah. not a mathematician, but 93% of a group is not above average no. at anything. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's like the unicorns work. think it's the hardest thing. And then the, the, all the rest of us think, oh, I got this. So it's a blind spot. And, you know, I don't want to go too like, You've got a lot of Christian leaders on your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get all too Bible on you. Mm-hmm. But I, you know what struck me that I'd never really considered? So having I did my seminary at Princeton and did a lot of work on Galatians, and scholars are divided. Some scholars say it was a later letter of Paul's. Most scholars say it was the earlier letter, maybe even the earliest letter in the New Testament. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I land. We don't need to go into the nerdy details of why. <laughs> First thing Paul writes that makes the Bible, here's how Galatians begins. Paul, an apostle, mm-hmm. sent by God, not by man. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a man with no self-esteem problems right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He does his purpose. He's got that part figured get, out. Yeah, but you get to the end of his life, one of the last letters that he wrote that's in the Bible, and how does he refer to himself? I am the chief of all sinners. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, the walk, the spiritual walk, the unicorn walk, even not the spiritual is, the more mature you get, the more you realize how how much you need to work on yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where these habits, it's like, you know, oh, I think I got it until you start working and you realize, oh, I don't. So, you know, it's it's a fun study. We actually went and built a software tool that goes alongside the book. I took it. Hmm? I took it. Oh, good. How did did it go? Okay. Did you like it? Um, so you pick the top three traits, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so mine was agile, self-aware and connected. That's awesome. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Being a spouse, I would, I would say yes. But there's other ones that I'm like fast. Like I, I mean, and I, I, you got to wonder how much this is nature and nurture, right? Because you're military trained guy. I'm, I was in the Marines and I was in the Navy. So I was a officer and a chaplain. Wow as well, but I've learned to be, you learn to be fast. And I don't know if that was by nature, but there's some things that I've learned over time, other things that are just natural to me. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and just so listeners know, you know, cause you've read the book fast is a little misleading. It's almost yeah. like bait for the first chapter, right? It's speedy. Cause right. I'm not speedy. I'm Dutch. 
And we're built for like wind resistance, you know, we're not, (laughs) but, but, uh, you know, uh, it is about responsiveness and getting back to people and you're great at that. Mm -hmm. By the way, Callie, we also built the tool where you can take it as a family. Oh, Um, that would be interesting. (laughs) Well, given the title of your podcast, it might be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Let the kids take it about you and you just kind of create a. Uh, either a total mess, maybe do it after the holidays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. After yes. the holidays. Uh, but uh, it, it it also expands out into full teams. So if you've got a staff of oh. 10 or hundred or whatever, and it'll grid it out for you. It'll grid it out for you. Yeah. And, and the people that work for you, take it about you and the people you work for, take it about you. And then you, then, then you get a mirror held up to you. Mm. Yeah. that's and, and, and it gives you a plan for development, but Forget the software tool. The book is a good starting place. And uh, if people are excited about it after that, they should go take the index and see. You know, the one thing I'm wondering, as I was reading this, I see, um, I don't know, you're, I just ask your thoughts, the generational gaps, not mm-hmm. gaps, generational differences, because I'm only 44 or 43 <laughs> and Callie's, you know, not that age. She's younger. but. Um, there's a difference in how people do things these days Yes, with responsiveness and sense of urgency and the quality in which they do it. And, you know, all all those things uh, that I notice and I'm, I'm not old yet, you know, but what are your, I mean, I don't feel, but what are your, what are your thoughts on? I mean, do you see that? And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So I, I straddle two generations. I'm 53. Okay. So I'm kind of right in between yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. two generations. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I straddle two different mm-hmm. zodiac signs, probably. I'm, mm-hmm. I have a straddle thing. But, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, what I am noticing is so I'm super bullish on mm-hmm. Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I have very high hopes for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was bullish on millennials. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to navigate the world that they're navigating than it was when we were navigating it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The whole deal about I used to have to walk uphill to school Mm -hmm. in the snow both ways, Mm -hmm. like, no, forget it. You know, Mm -hmm. I think of my teenage high school daughter who, Mm -hmm. you know, wonders if she measures up with self-image. And then most of her connection with her friends is through very filtered, curated social media content. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, right. Uh, but but in regards to the habits and how they go generationally, I think the difficulty of the younger generations, what they have to navigate, makes it harder for them to do these things, even down to responsiveness. Okay, I want to respond. Let me pick up my phone. Oh, I got a Snapchat and I got a TikTok message. And then I got to go talk to the old people on Facebook. And then I go to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So you, and there's like 15 different things I've got to check before I can ever respond. We didn't have it that way. Yeah. We didn't have it that way. So in some ways, I think the book, maybe maybe our kids will not say, well, mom taught me that. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a return to old school mm-hmm. human to human skills. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's going to become the new gold standard in every part of human life. We're, we're entering mm-hmm. this age where, you know, there's Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, and there's another gen in the workforce that nobody wants to talk about. Gen AI. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Which I'm actually very excited about. I am uh, too. 
if we're in the beginning of the prequel of the Terminator, whatever, we all die and then we're with Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, y- you know, <laughs> the the disruption that's going to happen that will be more efficiency, more productivity and all that is going to be more automated. Mm-hmm. And I think humans, two things will happen. One, the value we will bring to the table is human to human interaction. AI mm-hmm. can't do that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that'll happen is humans are going to crave good human to human interaction because they're talking to bots and all kinds of different automated things all day long. So I just think for this generation, they're kind of standing on a bit of a San Andreas fault. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, that's an exciting time to be alive. But if they'll, they'll apply these skills, learn these habits, they'll stand out in their career. And, the, and I've been very pleased. I didn't foresee it. But a lot of moms are buying this book for their high school senior, their college senior, and uh, saying, read this so you can stand out in the world. I like that. Yeah, there's a 20-something I'm thinking of in our lives that I have thought, man, we're going to work through this together. Mm. And um, I've I seen that you've already put some – I didn't know you were on Right Now Media, so congratulations. But oh, this, thanks. this would be a great Right Now Media, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we just renewed our license with them. And I think part of it was, okay, fine, we'll do some material for you. So maybe in the next year, you'll see it. I I think that would be amazing. Um, Yeah, I know there are 12 of these and I know they're all important. But William, do you have a favorite one that you look for in people that, gosh, if if they've got 11 out of the 12, but they're missing that one, it's just not. It's your non-negotiable, I guess, if if there is. Um, Yeah, well, so I guess it depends on what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if if I'm if I'm searching for a client, and they need a head of S, a senior vice president of sales, fast and responsive is a pretty big deal, mm-hmm. right? If I'm looking for uh, a CEO of a giant nonprofit, which we do, purpose driven is going to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure that people called into ministry are purpose driven, but CEOs of nonprofits, you kind of got to check because some people are like, mm-hmm. I'm tired of the cutthroat business world. I'll just go run a nonprofit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they think that, that somehow it's easier to run a volunteer right. organization. Are you kidding me? Right. But <laughs> yeah, I've learned over the years the hard way you have to check for these things. So I think it depend on, you know, if I were looking if I were looking for somebody to fly to South Africa with, I'm probably going to look for likable because that's a long flight. So it it just, it probably moves and depends. Um, I think if I'm sitting there trying to apply these habits to myself, there's probably two starting points. Um, On the one hand, uh, I think the easiest way to make a life change is to make a short-term change and keep stacking them. You know, like Dave Ramsey says, if you want to get rid of a bunch of credit card debts, pay off the smallest one first, Mm -hmm. just create the snowball, right? Mm -hmm. So the easiest of the 12 habits to apply to your life is the fast or responsive. Everyone can do that. It doesn't require, it might require some systems get it put in place, but that's pretty simple. The most profound we've kind of already touched on, if you can become self-aware, everything else will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good. Well, William, these are some really good principles that I think will help us all live better together as we're trying to figure out whether we're navigating that in in a marriage relationship, at a work relationship, in the church, at a small group with friends, you know, as we're as we're living in this world to learn how to respond and lead in ways that care for others. So thank you for creating this resource. I'm really excited about it. Where can people find out more about it? Where can they take the assessment if they're interested in that? Yeah. So the one-stop shop is theunicornbook.com. Theunicornbook.com. And that's where you'll find the assessment. You'll find some bonus content. You'll find links to the book. The reality is uh, the book is everywhere, and uh, if you go on Amazon and just try to spell Vanderblumen, you'll get there. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I hated my name growing up. I love it now. It's why we named the company that, because you can misspell it a million different ways into Google. It will feed right back to it. So, uh, and, and while you're saying how do you find you, go to just Vanderblumen.com. There are about 4,000 free resources on there now about how to build and run and keep a great team. Yeah. All stuff, I, you know, I went to Princeton and they didn't teach me any of that. So yeah. it's the stuff you should have learned in school and didn't. Yeah. Um, and and again, if you want all the things for the book, theunicornbook.com. Looks like this. <laughs> and, uh, I know you guys know it, but my team gets mad if I don't do that during a podcast. So there you go. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being with us today and making the time. And for our listeners, uh, be encouraged and um, send this, pick up the book if you haven't uh, read it yet or do what I do. Uh, use an audio book because uh, you may be busy on the drive. Share this podcast with a friend or someone you know that may need to be encouraged today. And remember, until next time, we are better together. God bless.